Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And we are actually coming to you today from the Diocese of Sioux City. I guess it's always produced from Sioux City, but not always recorded in Sioux City. Yeah, here we are at the same desk. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes people clap to prove that they're a uh, lot, you know, together. Is that what you want? <laughs> Not so, sure that really caught on the microphone. Right. <laughs> Father Shane, um, well, there's lots to be said about our last episode. It was wonderful. Mm, um, that with you Cassie O'Brien. Yeah, that was wonderful with Cassie O'Brien. I listened to that recently. Um, sad I couldn't have been there mm-hmm. for that conversation, but her testimony was beautiful. Um, what I realized, though, is that um, I'm, I'm dropping the ball over here. I don't remember the last time I touched this sound effect board. Oh, I, we're just usually in the zone recording. Well, because we're not always together. We're recording online we're with not one together, another. But I think what it really came down to is you were the sound effect guy, mm-hmm. right? You first got you over COVID. You first got the the machine here, the 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 machine, the the Roadcaster five thousand or whatever it is, <laughs> the Roadcaster and Pro. I think you kind of learned the buttons, uh-huh. uh, and I sure I know how to use it. It's pretty user friendly, but. Yeah, I just never get so excited about the sound effects. That's okay. I heard it for the first time in a long time. Oh, was the clapping? That's exciting. So I don't know. Maybe I need a little bit more. Side effects in our life. We'll see. Well, we'll, we'll see. see. What we'll see if you get moved to, to push any buttons. You do have a cheat sheet over there by your phone. I know. I need to use that more often. <laughs> um, you know, my suspicion is that you're just so in the groove, so deeply engaged in the topic of conversation that, you know, who needs sound effects when you're at your level, right, Father? Uh, I would say so. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes, I agree. So you've been back in Sioux City. It's kinda... this, yeah, this is why we're, we're recording together like we did over Christmas break last year. I'm back home from St. Louis. The fall semester at Kenrick Glennon Seminary has ended, and it's good to be home. Had the seminarian gathering with the bishop. We went on visited the Carmelites this year to we visit did. the Cloister Carmelites, and I think they really enjoyed that visit. And I know our men did too, listening to their vocation stories and how these really holy brides of Christ found Carmel here in Siouxland uh, to be their home that Jesus was calling them to. I was there recently for the Third Order Car- Car- Carmelite retreat, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in the spring, I think it was, or last year sometime, and. I just forget how holy these women are, mm-hmm. but especially when the men were asking them a few different questions. Oh, I forget the sister's name who shared the quote. Uh, which one? Which quote? The John Paul II quote that was just like heart piercing and beautiful. Do you remember that? No. Was Sister Joseph maybe? Oh, I don't remember. What Anyways, was the quote? It was a John Paul II quote about the priesthood and it was okay. really, really beautiful. And I just like started tearing up, but she kind of gave it like unsolicited. She just said, I love taking quotes from beautiful saints that I find, and I'd like to read this one right now. And she read this just beautiful quote about the, the priest. Oh, from her little booklet? Yes. Yeah, that's Sister Elizabeth. Sister Elizabeth. It yeah. was wonderful. It was yeah. just so beautiful. I was sitting there, I was kind of tearing up a couple of different times because they, mm-hmm. they're so secluded from the world. Mm-hmm. That, that's the whole point of Carmel, and they're focused on the Lord, mm-hmm. and that's what they wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah. And just kind of funny, like... Carmelite sister things like where they would like, oh sister, you're being humble. You were actually a, a physician. You travel all <laughs> over the world. Like that was really cute to watch. Like oh sister, you always do that, sister. Yeah, that was kind of funny, but it now was the, a good time. Now we almost had to drag their backgrounds out of them. One worked for the State Department. One was a physician. One was a hermit <laughs> and it did a lot of missionary yeah. work in rural Kentucky and southern Ohio. They were basically like, I grew up here, right? And now I'm at Carmel. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you were also a physician before then, and you, you practiced medicine for like 20 years before you entered <laughs> yeah. Carmel. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Those great. were the days. Those were the days. Well, it's it's good to spend time with the Carmelites, and uh, we want to pray for all of our consecrated religious. Keep them in mind in these holiday seasons, and keep just keep them in mind for their own vocation um, recruitment efforts to to help those who really feel like they have a heart consecrated to the Lord to find the right home where they could live out this this heroic witness to the world and start to live with the foretaste of heaven well, to come. I'll, I'll just say this: um, this is a this is an absolutely shameless plug. Uh, Father Shane made a well. You didn't make it yourself, but helped facilitate uh, the production of a really beautiful vocations video oh, sure. for their Carmel, and it's on our website um, on SiouxCityPriest.org. Mm-hmm. It's on one of the tabs about consecrated life. But if our listeners would go check that out, it's on YouTube. Um, but that's a good way to find it. It's on our Dassin uh, vocations website. You can also see some wonderful videos from all of our seminarians. That's there. right. And keep up with what Father Crowdy is doing in the diocese of Sioux City and his travels. Yeah. Um. Jeff Gordon, a videographer here, is the one who actually produced that. <laughs> not, the, not the NASCAR driver. No, different okay, Jeff just, Gordon. Just making sure, yeah. Different Jeff Gordon, but he does great work. Um, shout out to him and all of his efforts with with uh, lots of different media promotions that he does with his media con- um, consulting work and his videography work. Uh, we're certainly grateful for that. And that, that video is also available on all the Carmelite of Sioux City um, social media platforms. Ah. And I think they have their own YouTube page plus their own website. Beautiful community. Yeah. Yeah. So, Father, I'm back home for Christmas, and we were recording this shortly before Christmas, and I've run into uh, a number of folks that I've, I've known. Um, actually, I've run into several former students just in businesses where they're now working. Huh. They maybe graduated from college, or they're just home, and they're maybe doing some part-time work. Um, and what's always fascinating to me is I, I just noticed this tendency in myself, and I don't think it's like this codependent thing like, I need to be needed, so mm. please give me your spiritual needs. I don't think it's a codependent thing. I'm just simply asking people like, hey, if you ever need anything, let us know. We're yeah. here to serve you in the church, right? Yeah. And it's an invitation to say, if you need confession prior to Christmas, if you're thinking about marriage and you don't know how to begin the marriage preparation process in the church, mm. um, if you have any spiritual needs, what would those be? It's just an open-ended question. And what I always find, and I've, I've just noticed this in recent days being back here in Sioux City and running into people that I know, when I, when I invite them to think about that, to say, hey, if you ever need anything, let me know. If you have any spiritual needs, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I always get the immediate response like, oh, yeah, if something ever comes up, I'll let you know. Mm. And I've just been thinking about that in recent days like, I wonder how many people hear me with that invitation and they think, oh yeah, if I have a crisis down the Mm. road, Mm. then I'll text Father Shane and say, I have a crisis and now I need you. Um, But what's unfortunate about that is it's a little short-sighted to say, do you not have any spiritual needs today? And and are you not in touch with those needs? And and as we know, so many people who are not living perhaps um, a very forward uh, expression of their faith uh, maybe those who are, are not actively practicing right now, they might not be cognizantly aware of what their spiritual needs are today. But that's what I kind of like to focus on uh, in this episode. Um, how do we actually identify felt spiritual needs for today? And not just like ushy-gushy feelings, but real concrete needs that impact the spiritual life and should impact our relationship with God and therefore impact the quality of relationships that we have with one another. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Any thoughts? Lots of thoughts. 
Fire at will. I don't know where I kind of came up with this or if, if somebody actually proposed the question to me, but I often will ask in the context of confession, uh, not always, it just depends on kind of how long the, the availability for confession, but what I like to do is kind of leading into the penance to say, what do you feel like you need or want the most from God right now? My desire in asking that question is to try to help the individual, the penitent, like pinpoint where God wants to actually fill their life with something. With mm-hmm. this particular grace of the sacrament of, of penance, it's not just to wipe the slate clean, get back out there and try harder tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's about receiving a particular grace where you need it, um, but also to pay attention to your desires. What do you want? And we've talked about that here on the podcast before when St. Augustine is talking about praying with our desires. And I, I might have mentioned it here before, but there's always two responses. Either immediately somebody knows exactly what they need. They'll say right away, I need peace. I need a sense of forgiveness. I need a deep relationship with God. Um, younger students, high school students often say things like, just better, I need to be closer to God, be drawn mm-hmm. closer to him. But then there's the other response is just, <laughs> I don't know. And it's interesting. It's like people are either, they just don't, don't think about it mm-hmm. or they're very attentive. And I often say, hey, that's okay. You don't have to come up with something on the spot, but it's really good to think about that. What do you need the most from God? Because he wants to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to talk more about that because I'm often asking that question because I think I pay attention to myself quite a bit where it's like, where, yeah, where is the lack that's there mm-hmm. that he wants to fill up? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I, I like how you say, what is it that you're, you're inviting people to reflect on? What is it they want from God right now? Um, I think another way to do that is to say to somebody, what is it that I can pray for for you right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are just kind of dumbfounded by that question. And, and sometimes I get people who absolutely just like collapse on me. Oh, well, I, I, you don't have to pray for me. I, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. And then they just want to run away and run away from the conversation. Crawl in a hole. Yeah, exactly. But others are kind of just dumbfounded like, oh, what, what should you pray for for me in my life? And, and this is why it's good to lean into that because um, the point is, is a genuine offer. It's a, it's a genuine question it's a, with sincerity saying, I actually do want to pray for you. I want to intercede for you. What's going on in your life? And, and that's not to push them into uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable zones that they don't want to talk about. But it does invite, number one, a Christian response to say we're all in this together and the, the bonds that unite us in Christian love should be there to support us not just in physical needs, material needs, financial needs, but also in spiritual needs as we seek to build up the body of Christ here on earth. Um, but that also does invite, it, it pauses in the daily grind of our busy lives to, just to pause for a moment and say, what are those deepest needs that I actually want from the Lord? And in a state of vulnerability, how do I invite someone else into that and, to, and collectively bearing that together? I'm not alone in this desire. I'm not alone in this need and there's someone else who was kind of helping me carry this. And then I can go home resting assured someone out there is actually interceding for me. And then just from a perspective of evangelization, inviting someone to, to articulate what is it that they want others to pray for then starts this whole process of recognizing what are my felt spiritual needs right now. Um, and when people get dumbfounded by that question or they feel absolutely unprepared, it does reveal maybe... Um, a superficiality in which they're not necessarily entering into frequently what is it that they actually want from God. And I don't say that as an insult, like you're a shallow person. It just might be they, they haven't gone back to the wellspring of the Lord and they haven't really um, entered vulnerably with intimacy into Jesus with honesty. What do I really need from God right now? 
Where do I want him speaking into my life? What are some of my basic spiritual needs that I would like the Lord to address? Not just treating him like Santa Claus, but actually building a rapport with Jesus in those areas, in those felt needs. Mm, Along those exact lines, last Lent, I went to a, a small weekend retreat that was hosted by Communion Liberation and Father Stefano from the Twin Cities. In the midst of his little lesson or conference on Lent, he said this really compelling line. He said that, I might have shared it before, but it's helpful. Dissatisfaction, moments of dissatisfaction in our life, ought to be moments where an alarm starts going off, an interior alarm that says, oh, this is exactly the space where Christ wants to meet me. Mm. So it was interesting chatting with some people who maybe might have a, you know, a grinchy disposition towards Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just busy. There's a lot of, you know, it's like dark outside. It's cold. Thankfully, we don't have a lot of snow right now. You know, maybe people are wait, waiting for a white Christmas, but um, there can be a lot of complaining that comes, or you would often point out like February, especially it becomes that time where there's a lot of dissatisfaction, personal dissatisfaction, just comfort isn't there, or even within relationship dynamics, within friendships, within work, whatever, feeling stuck or in a status quo, a feeling of dissatisfaction often just leads to complaining, often leads towards kind of lashing out towards others, mm-hmm. towards kind of chippiness, bitterness, whatever. This priest was pointing out that dissatisfaction is a lack of we don't have what we need. That's why we're dissatisfied. We want something more. Sometimes it's like little kids want more of what they don't need. But often for us, it's because we have some really deeply felt need Mm -hmm. um, to be seen, to be known, to be loved um, in friendship, um, an ability to share ourselves, to make a gift of ourselves. So we said that moments of dissatisfaction should like trigger an alarm in us that starts going off that says, this is precisely where Christ wants to meet me and wants to fill up um, what's lacking. An interesting image from the scriptures in Isaiah that we've heard throughout Advent, it talks about the coming of God, and I, I love it, where it talks about the hills being lowered mm-hmm. and the valleys being filled up to make this straight path mm-hmm. for God to come. And I've been thinking about that a lot in, in the context of our spiritual needs, where we need God in our life. He does want to do exactly that. Pull down in certain ways and according to his will, uh, obstacles like those mountains that are in the way, but then especially to fill up the valleys that are lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we waffle between pride, mountains of pride or valleys of insecurity, that there would be this kind of settling, um, smoothing out that happens there. But that that's what he wants to do. So that moments of dissatisfaction, when we pay attention to our lack and to our needs, it's not just a self-pity. I asked somebody that question recently that I like that to ask, and it was it, the, the response was, "No, I'm fine. Well, I'm good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of vibing. <laughs> We've got. I'm going. I don't know. I don't need anything." And, and it's kind of that superficiality of, "Oh, there's not a recognition that we always can go deeper, mm-hmm. and he always wants to fill up in us what's lacking." But a lot of times, we just kind of ignore it push it away, distract ourselves from those moments of dissatisfaction or a lack, mm-hmm. um, and don't pay attention to what I need or what I want. We might think, oh, no, 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 God's too busy or he's doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, we've spoken about Midwest culture here. There's not always um, a real strong desire to kind of wear your heart on your sleeve in the upper Midwest, in the Plains states, uh, so that we're not just immediately telling everybody kind of the deepest secrets of our hearts in this culture. Um, but to be able to enter into vulnerability with others and say, no, this is actually what's on my heart. This is where I think the Lord could be moving with me or is inviting me to move with him, rather. Um, 
to take that risk and to, and to be vulnerable with people, I think would be a, a great way just to, to deepen the quality of spiritual friendships. Um, but also just to recognize we're not in this alone. And, and as I said earlier, we're, we're trying to build up the body of Christ here on earth and, and we need not feel like we're doing this all alone. I, I just really like to encourage our listeners um, to ask some of those questions a little bit more deeply. Um, what is it that I can pray for, you know, for you? What is it that you're seeking from God right now, as you phrased it earlier from your confessions example? Uh, where is it that you think the Lord is moving in your life? Where is it you think the Lord should be moving more? Or where is he drawing you closer to himself? Some of those open-ended questions, I think, while in the moment they might not get you a really clearly articulated response, it can plant seeds for evangelization just to invite someone to go deeper, to take that and to meditate it. Maybe they're driving home from work or maybe they're sitting at home on a park bench in their backyard and just say, no, what actually are my spiritual needs? What do I want from Jesus? Someone just asked me this today, and, and I really couldn't come up with an, an answer. How would I actually address that if I were ever put, that to, put to that question once again? I, I think those can be nice little entry points. Those can be little softballs that we can give to others for the sake of evangelization to open up deeper spiritual horizons, encouraging them to think a little bit more deeply about what their, what their spiritual needs are and where they might be recognizing God might move in their life. And if they're feeling absolutely clueless, okay, fine. Does that open the door to a deeper conversation about, I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to figure out what my spiritual needs are. I don't know how to figure out and discern where God might be moving me or where he might be opening a door to meet me in a specific zone of my life. That in and of itself could be a movement of evangelization just to help someone go deeper in their interior life. Father Shane, I'm thinking right now, not that you have to give some sort of exhaustive list, but when I encounter people who don't really know maybe mm-hmm. it's that they don't have, maybe not even have like the vocabulary to know well what are things that i would need from god that he mm-hmm. has to give me i don't know what comes to mind when you think of that like what are some things that that could be like practical things that people are in need of that they might not be recognizing or maybe to give some words to experiences that folks have had yeah, well, what first comes to mind is I think there's always little pressures that weigh on us, the health of ourselves, family members, and friends. I mean, why does Jesus always perform miracles healing people? Because family members were always bringing them sick ones, right? They're sick loved ones. Um, so we, we all know people who are struggling with illnesses, and that could be a, a helpful starting point. Uh, people have financial worries, issues of job insecurity or, or lack of employment, Um, People might be making decisions about a new career move, maybe choosing a college or a career path. Um, Those would just be really basic ones. I mean, you could go a lot deeper and just say, I'm really lacking hope or, you know, I'm, I'm really lacking patience in my life right now, or I'm going through a season where I'm really tested by a number of pressures and family dynamics and and I need to find greater charity. Um, So where are you, where are you, you know, some basic needs of, of, health and finance or, or job opportunities? Where is there a growth for virtue? Where does vice have you or others around you, you know, really in a, like a chokehold and vice or addiction is really taking hold of somebody? Um, those would just be basic starting points, but you could go a lot deeper in that. Someone yeah. might say, I don't know how to pray. You know, I think young people, um, the response that I often receive is, you know, the kind of classic, I want a sign, mm-hmm. show me a sign. But I think there's, there's something very, um, beautiful and kind of rudimentary to that of I want to know that God's real. Mm-hmm. I want to see him acting in my life. 
I hear about these things. I'm, I'm obviously desiring something more. Otherwise I wouldn't be, you know, seeking some sort of counsel or coming to the sacrament of mass or, you know, the Eucharist or confession. I wouldn't be seeking this out for something more, but to recognize that a real need might simply to be, have a deeper faith, Mm -hmm. um, that God's at work Mm -hmm. when you might not be able to see it. Right. Or I, this, I was challenged with this too, as we talk about the distinction between consolation and desolation that we've talked about before here is St. Ignatius explains and being challenged sometimes when you're kind of complaining about things and people are like, well, have you asked God for that? Um, you know, maybe it's lacking friendships in a new area or time in your life. As we talked about recently on that episode about, you know, different drug use that might be popping up. It's like, well, have you asked God mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for, for more friendships for deeper friendships, whatever that might be. Yeah. Lots of needs that I think we can become more attentive to. And maybe the thing that someone should be praying for, for yourself or for a loved one in these encounters is just for the grace to know where the signs are. Hey, because they're there. Yeah, for all these people, I need a sign, I need a sign. Well, so did the Pharisees. They were constantly demanding signs of the Lord. And he was standing right in front of them. Well, doesn't that pattern play out in our own lives? Where can we actually find the grace and build up the spiritual chops to be able to recognize that there are signs in our lives that are already unfolding and that the God, God's providential ways are constantly surrounding us, and to be able to, to to have the antenna and the spiritual lenses to be able to see that and to move with that, um, I think would be a great starting point. Just to say, somebody help me and pray that I know how to see the signs of where God's already moving in my life because I trust it in faith, but just want to recognize it more. So these are just a couple of thoughts that uh, might help us in the coming weeks, in the coming months ahead with general evangelization just to invite others to go a little deeper and say, what is it that I can pray for for you? And where do you think God needs to be moving in your life? Or where can you recognize his presence you know, going in your life? Father Crotty, it's always good to be back home and recording live in person. And thanks for your insights and this great discussion. Likewise, Father Shane, everybody enjoy your Christmas season. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time and God bless.